Star Wars 7x7 episode 2305. Today we're continuing our series of deeper dives into season one of The Mandalorian looking at The Gunslinger. This is episode five from season one. Punch it. Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Boyvod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy and thank you so much for joining me for it. So, The Gunslinger, that's episode 5 from season 1 of The Mandalorian and so far this one is probably more filler even after the second viewing of it. Just looking at it in terms of how does this advance the whole mythology, if you will, of the first season, there's not as much. Yes, with the previous episode with Sanctuary, we got an additional piece that's going to factor in that we talked about, which is Cara Dune, and we talked about the establishment of the story arc for the Mandalorian and just the general situation conceptually of there's no way he's going to be able to hide and there's no way he's not going to be able to face this down either. So here's what we have in episode five, the gunslinger. We have him still being tracked. So these tracking fobs, which apparently we find out have positional data in them. So there is you know, something to that, you know, that's great that it has positional data on folks, but how is it gathering this positional data? How does a tracking fob know where a person is? Like, we still don't know. And we know about the positional data thing, thanks to Toro Calican, who mentions that when he is trying to get the Mandalorian to work with him to track down Fennec Shand, right? And so how he got a tracking fob for Fennec Shand actually is kind of beyond me, especially since he's not in the guild, right? He's doing this where, you know, if he actually lands this bounty, then he will have earned his admittance into the guild. So maybe they just give tracking fobs to anyone who says he wants to be in the guild, who says she wants to be in the guild. And if they get one, then great, good for them. But it seems like it would cause a bit of a mess sending, you know, tons of people after someone. I don't know. But the big thing that happens from the mythology standpoint, if you will, is with Fennec Shand talking to the Mandalorian and saying, ah, Mandalorian, ever been to Navarro? I hear things didn't go so well there. And apparently still, Mandalorians are not commonly seen out and about the galaxy. And so later on, when the Mandalorian has gone to go get that dewback, Fennec Shand is trying to talk Toro Calican into letting her go and says that, you know, there's a bigger prize here and you don't see it. The Mandalorian is a guild trader and shot, or at least a Mandalorian shot up the guild on Navarro, the Bounty Hunters Guild, the Bondsman's Guild, as IG-11 refers to it. And I should correct myself there because Toro Calican is the guy who calls the Mandalorian a guild trader. What Fennec Shan says is that a Mandalorian shot up the guild. And that's kind of interesting because we know a whole ton of Mandalorians shot up the guild. But for some reason, the word that's gone out is that it was only one Mandalorian who shot up the guild. And then Toro kills her and then goes to try to catch the Mandalorian and calls him a guild trader. So... Yeah, it's interesting how the rumor of this has spread. And that's pretty much it. And the rest of the episode is just a nostalgia trip. I mean, the fact that he's going to Tatooine, that he's landing at Moss Eisley, that Fennec Shand says, let me go to my rendezvous at Moss Espa, which is the place where our heroes go in The Phantom Menace. And then you have the Mandalorian going into Wars Cantina, which is the cantina from A New Hope. 
seeing Banthas and Tusken Raiders and mentions of the Dune Sea and Beggar's Canyon. Yeah, this is very much a nostalgia trip of an episode. Other interesting thing of note is that the Mandalorian is paying with Imperial credits and he refused them from Grief Karga, but apparently has some. It's probably Imperial credits that he gave to the bartender on Sorgan in the previous episode. But what we haven't talked about is the fact that, you know, Grief Karga says they still spend, right? And this is five years after the fall of the Empire, and people are still using Imperial credits. And so maybe it's just that it's in the Outer Rim, and they haven't had you know, the New Republic's currency make it out that far. But that's kind of fascinating that people are still using this currency. That means that some banks out in the Outer Rim are still working with this as a useful currency. And so, you know, it makes you wonder about the broader galactic scheme of things like how is the New Republic working with the banking clan for example what is the banking clan doing during this time how is their allegiance changed obviously they were part of the separatist union and so yeah they had to be dragged into line I'm sure under the Galactic Empire but yeah what happened I don't think we really understand or know just yet and there's one thing that the Mandalorian is making progress on but still doesn't quite get, and I will explain that for you in just a second. I do just want to quickly remind all of our iTunes listeners, if you haven't yet rated or reviewed the podcast on iTunes, please make it today. Please do it today. I hope you will do it today. I hope you get enough of a dose of Star Wars joy out of this daily podcast that you think it's worth your time to do it. If you've already done it, I'm super thrilled that you have, and thank you very much. But if you haven't done it yet, that's okay. Hopefully today is the day, so please give it a rating, a review, or both on iTunes, and thank you so much for your support. So the thing the Mandalorian is getting better at marginally is trying to take care of Baby Yoda. So actually locking him in a compartment is a step above <laughs> what he's done previously, alright? So there's that. But the thing is, is that he still does not understand what Baby Yoda's powers are. He Even with the you know, bizarre thing that happened with the Mudhorn, and the Mandalorian does understand that it was Baby Yoda who helped him defeat the Mudhorn, like he says as much when he's talking to the Armorer in the following episode of that, but he does not understand the power that Baby Yoda has and doesn't know its extent, so it's clear that Baby Yoda basically opened the compartment using the Force and was able to get out and walk around, but the Mandalorian still does not understand how in control of his environment Baby Yoda actually is, despite seeming like he's just a baby. And as an utterly unrelated note to everything, every once in a while, just to make sure that I'm not missing anything, I turn the subtitles on. And it's fun to see subtitles that say, the child chuckles or the child babbles, or things like that. So, you know, if you're ever amused by such things, then turn on the subtitles whenever the baby is on screen and see what you think. And that is going to do it for our look at The Gunslinger, Episode 5 from Season 1, or our relook, our rewatch, our deeper dive. And that is going to do it for today's episode of the show as well. Thank you so much for joining me for it, as always. And may the Force be with you, wherever in the world you may be. Star Wars 7x7 is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2020 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.